All right, hey, good Wednesday evening to you out there. A uh, few Mizzou fans with us. Hopefully some more will join in or fans of whoever you might be. Uh, Gabe DeArmond and Mitchell Forty here. This is the 573 Report. It is our weekly uh, you know, discussion of Mizzou sports and whatever else we want to talk about. I mean, we're, we're just kind of getting into the offseason, so we're not yet at full, like, panic, what do we talk about mode. Um, we'll, we'll probably be there in a couple weeks. Uh Mitch, we've been doing this show for like, I don't know, eight months. I feel like uh, feel like we've gotten better at it. It's a better show than it was eight months ago. I've been playing golf for 34 years, and I found out today I'm not any better at it than I was 34 <laughs> years ago. So uh, I guess on a few things, practice makes perfect, and on a few things, it just doesn't matter at all. Yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of part of the deal. I mean, golf's a harder thing to just pick back up after a few months than talking on the internet. I mean, really, anyone can do this. So. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, pretty much. I, I think uh, you, you got to, like, I mean, yeah, okay. Anybody can do it. <laughs> you at least you at least make it show up on YouTube. I don't know how right. you do that, but, like, no, I guess not anyone can do that. Like, that takes a, a modicum of understanding. It of the takes internet. an internet connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, any anyone with a moderate level of skill can do it. So uh, things actually did happen today um, while I was uh, – checked out for the day but let's start with uh you know you were on a zoom call with Conzo Martin so what what kind of stood out I mean I read through you know your your takeaways and all that but but what kind of stood out about what he said yeah I mean honestly the first thing that and the the primary thing that stood out was like I think he's genuinely really excited about the guys that they've added to this roster this offseason um you know I know in in fan circles there's been a lot of angst about uh basically replacing an entire team um, and, and Conzo just, I don't think he really feels that way. I mean, you know, he, he was asked, does it give you pause at all to, to lose six guys at the transfer portal? And he basically said, no, not at all. Like that's yeah. part of the deal. And also, as he mentioned, you know, two of those guys are different, a little bit different situation and Drew Bugs and Mark Smith. He kind of said, you know, I just consider those guys graduates. I don't, I don't think they were ever planning on them coming back. Um, and then he talked quite a bit about the three transfers they have signed, um, and as well as the five freshmen who are coming in, he said there's still a couple more spots left. And uh, right now he feels like they, they have the guys, uh, they're in position with, with guys that they like enough that they will probably fill both of them, although it's possible they could end up leaving one open. Um, he said that, you know, as we've, we've known for a while, one of those spots will go to a guy who can – do something in the post. It doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional big, a traditional power forward, traditional center, but some someone in the you know six six to six ten range who can provide some sort of inside presence. Um, and so yeah, I mean like he was he was very optimistic. I will say I I, I you know he's all, all coaches are optimistic, right? And Conzo certainly at times has made some claims that in hindsight were a little little high, I mean, like saying this you is know, the, the guy the who said every team he has can win the SEC. So right. Right. But uh, certainly like that, that was that was the takeaway. He was legitimately excited. Well, it, it, that's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I forget if it was after the it was after one of the transfers, Pinson or Torrance Watson. I don't know. I I asked somebody who, who knows Conzo certainly better than I do. I said, like, does he get pissed off at, at some of these kids and the way it's going? Or And they said, no, nah, he's, he's good. And he, it doesn't bother yeah. him at all. Um, and I think that's really the lesson, right? No matter whether you have two transfers or 13 or whatever, by the time a kid hits a transfer portal, both parties kind of want it to happen most of the time. I, I mean, I don't yeah. think we're breaking news here saying that nobody on Missouri's coaching staff was sad that Xavier Pinson chose to transfer right now. 
Parker Brown, Torrance Watson, like, I think they were good teammates. I, I don't want to put them in the same category, but at the same time, they also weren't playing, and the coach clearly is going to view that as a chance to bring in a kid who's who's going to contribute a little bit more. So when a kid hits the transfer portal, the coach is generally going to look at it as either, hey, I can get somebody who's going to give me more on the floor, or hey, I can get somebody who maybe we're going to get along a little bit better. You know, it's it's almost <laughs> always one of those two things. I mean, the last guy I can remember that transferred from Missouri, and really the only guy that's transferred from Missouri that I thought – the coaches really would have liked him to stay is Jonathan Williams the third. Other than yeah. that, whether it was for playing time or off the court reasons, pretty much every kid that leaves, it makes a lot of sense to those people who are paying attention. Yeah, for sure. And and we can get in, get into this a little bit more shortly because I know the NCAA passed the, the one-time mm -hmm. transfer rule officially finally today, but you know, we kind of talked quite a bit about just the transfer um, portal as a whole and, and how it's changed the sport and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean like he, he really did not seem, you know, like, like he, he was not they saying like, Oh yeah, you know, we need to do a better job of relating to my players and keeping stuff like this happening. He was like, yeah, no, it's, that's part of the deal. Like they wanted he's he actually even said at one point, like, I think he was great for both sides. Like they get yeah. to go somewhere they can play more and we can bring in, new players right so, yeah. who, who who hopefully will also play more hey guys i do want to say i see we've got some questions coming in and appreciate that and we're certainly going to get to those the the way we usually do it is just kind of riff on about whatever we want to talk about for a little while but we do catch up on the questions so questions comments all that keep them coming uh want to ask you to do us a favor again we have been doing this for eight months i still don't understand why but it does make a difference when you guys hit the like button when you subscribe to the channel uh that's one thing i don't under, kind of like uh search engine optimization i don't i can barely say it much less understand how it works i don't get it but it's good if you hit the like button so we would appreciate you doing that uh, the other thing before we get too deep, want to make sure you go uh, to 573tees.com. Check out some of their stuff. Uh, they've got all kinds of good stuff, a lot of Columbia stuff, a lot of, uh, you know, Mizzou stuff. Get ready for football season. Uh, they are currently at work on uh, a shirt for me for another podcast I do, The Greatest Pod in the South. They're going to make some stuff for us. So uh, they do a great job. They Literally, I sent a Twitter message, and within like 24 hours, I had a proof of a shirt. They're, they're, uh, they're really good over there. So go to 573Ts, check them out, and, uh, and give them some business. They report upticks on, uh, on some of their clicks and, and purchases, usually on Wednesday nights. So hope you guys will do that. Um, it, I, I did read Conzo's kind of comment about liking the transfer portal. And I got to say, that's one of those answers – I appreciate the hell out of him saying it that way because I get real tired of hearing these coaches out here crying about how the transfer portal is wrecking college sports and then going out and grabbing four transfers or taking a kid from, you know, Texas state or whatever and bringing them up. Uh, you know, if you, if you're going to bitch about it, then just don't use it. Right. Prove your point. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. He says, no, this is good for everybody. And, and he really is. And I know fans don't want to hear this, but he is a coach who's in this for the right reasons, you know, and, and right. who approaches his job that way too. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's always been at his best when he's not talking specifically about his team. If you could get him talking about larger issues, be it in the sport or, or elsewhere, that's always kind of when he's been at his most insightful. Uh, yeah. I thought he was, he was great. You know, he, he did bring up, he said, look, you know, 
I want to make sure kids are doing it for the right reasons. You know, like we've talked about on here before, not just to be recruited again. I want to make sure that, you know, they understand this could cause, you know, take, take a little bit of hit academically and try to stay academically on course to graduate within four years. But other than that, like, you know, I mean, it, it sometimes it just, it works out that way where, uh, where, you know, you, you decide you get somewhere and you decide I, I want to play more elsewhere. I want a better fit elsewhere. And you should have that opportunity one time. And, and he did say, you know, he anticipates and I do too that this is probably the high watermark for transfers because a a lot of these kids will have exhausted their one time to transfer and b you know the covid thing put an additional class of players back in school um and, and so yeah i mean he also did he, he brought up the other side too which is the part coaches do complain about but but i thought he was pretty straightforward about it and he said like yeah you know you got to understand now when you're taking a high school player, that kid needs to be a starter or he needs to have a clear role where you're saying, you know, you can play 15, 20 minutes a game because the days of, you know, Gene Katie redshirting two or three guys and guys sticking around for two and three years to develop, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, those guys are going to leave. I so, think, uh, yeah. I think he kind of learned that lesson with Trey Jackson. Like, hey, mm -hmm. four-star kid, he expects to come in here and get some time. And if he doesn't, yep. he's going to be out. Now, that's not saying Conzo was wrong with Trey Jackson because Trey Jackson didn't play much at Seton Hall, but – I think he kind of figured out, oh, I can't just bring this guy in and tell him year two you're going to get on the floor. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, in, you know, in his defense, like that is just a recent it is a recent phenomenon in college basketball. I mean, even as recently as five years ago, you had a lot more kids who were more willing to stick around for a few years. So, yeah, I think I mean, these coaches are constantly having to adapt as this as this stuff changes. I mean, it's changed changes every single year now. And one more point I want to make about the, the transfer portal, and, and we'll get back to some more general stuff about it in a little bit, but I, I think coaches probably actually like taking transfers for two reasons over high school kids. One, they've done it at this level. Now, I understand Green Bay, Ball State, that's not the SEC, but they've played college basketball. It's closer than, you know, even Vashon or, you know, Shawnee Mission, whatever, or even the better programs, those aren't as close to college basketball as Ball State and Green Bay are. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then the second thing, like, there, yeah, there's this one-time transfer, right? Everybody's going to jump in the portal one time and, and go get a better start. But it's just one time. And once you're at your second school, you better make that work because there's not going to be Another, you can't just jump to school number three. Well, you can if you're KJ Walton and you're in your seventh <laughs> year of college, but this is starting again next year. You can't just jump to another school when when your second chance doesn't work out because A, you're going to have to sit out and B, you're going to get a, a, a reputation for a guy who can't make it work anywhere. Um, so <laughs> my point is you can probably coach transfers a little harder than you can a high school kid, right? Um I bet Will Wade will be able to coach Xavier Pinson a little bit harder than Conzo Martin could coach him. Because if it doesn't work at LSU, where's he going? It, right. it, it, it's not going to work anywhere. So, it, you know, it's it's a little bit of, hey, you're on your last chance, and, and I'm happy to give you that chance, but it needs to work, and you got to work with me to make it work. Yeah, and Conzo actually talked about that today. He said, you know, when you a lot of high school kids go into the recruiting process knowing, like, oh, you know, if it doesn't work out, always can transfer. And and you know, when you when you're recruiting a transfer, they don't they don't have that option anymore. So yeah, absolutely. You know, a they're a more proven commodity just in what they they can put on tape. And b you're, you're talking about someone who's you know less likely to to leave if they don't you know love their role or if they feel like you know a workout was too hard or something like right. that. Right. No question. 
and uh so i want to jump into a, a couple of the more mizzou specific stuff uh jake wants to know the dream scenario to fill out the basketball roster so you said hey they want a forward somebody between 6'6 six, six and 6'10 six, that can score um david joplin committed to marquette this morning we never really thought he was an option i is to me, when I look at the guys out there right now that we know they've been tied to, and, and we fully understand with Conzo, that may mean nothing. Like, he may be recruiting 72 people we've never even heard of. But when I look at the guys available, I look at Langston Wilson, the Juco kid who had signed with Alabama and for some reason now is available. I don't know exactly what it is. But I look at that kid and say, that's the ideal guy if you can somehow get it. Yeah, so uh, funny you bring him up. I was going to mention him as well. I actually just got off the phone with him about 45 minutes okay. ago. Um, did a little phone interview with him. Uh, asked him basically what the deal was at Alabama, and he said we came to a mutual understanding. Um, I would imagine they Alabama took a bunch of transfers, spots. and I had nowhere yeah. to play. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy who you know he can play. He plays primarily the four. Uh, he can score. He can he can do other things. You know, he, he's he games a little similar to Kobe Brown in the sense that he can step out and shoot. He can put the ball on the deck. But you know, he gives you another guy who can play in the post, which is I think what they're really looking for. Um, and he's he's got some. I mean, he's got some good schools, some, yeah. some decent name schools coming after him. So this is not. We're not saying Mizzou's going to land him by any means. But I think he's he's probably my pick to that makes the most sense. Like you said, of the guys, Mizzou has been tied to in the post and then the obvious other one is tamar bates um 2021 kid who signed with texas uh decommitted got out of his nli after shaka smart left he could follow shaka to, to marquette honestly i don't know how many spots they have left right. though because i think he's gotten three commits in like the last week um and they have dj carton back at his position so i don't know how much sense that makes oklahoma and oklahoma state could be in the running i know oklahoma state i think he visited there um prior to to committing to texas but i think mizzou should be right there for him we'll see his recruitment's been i mean he's been pretty much on the down low for the most part but that would be the obvious two candidates for if you could pick your two best ones to add to the roster and that's when when conzo says hey if, you, if you're gonna add a high school kid he better be a starter pretty soon like mm -hmm. i don't think that's just a complete completely offhand comment right I think that's a little bit yeah. of a hey there's a high school kid out there we'd kind of like to add and we think he can play a lot for us next year if we do yeah absolutely I mean yeah Bates when I talked to him mentioned that as one of the things he's looking for is immediate playing time uh, you know you talk about a team that lost basically every single player in the backcourt they right. should be able to offer that so we don't want to obviously give away everything that we attempt to get people to sign up and pay for but I'm gonna guess at 6'9", available in the spring, Juco kid, Langston Wilson is going to have offers from virtually everyone looking for a front court player this spring. Yeah, I mean, his list was pretty long. Um, it was an interesting mix of kind of mid-majors and high-majors. Um, but, you know, I and I haven't transcribed it or anything, so I honestly, like, I don't remember all that well. I, I know for sure he mentioned Oregon. That stuck out in my mind for some reason. I, there were several others, too. Um Maryland, maybe I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but there, there, say Maryland, there is fun. going to be some, there is going to be some competition. Yeah, uh, True Divinity wants to know uh, about uh, Daniel. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Oladapo. But that, that's my guess as well. I, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure. That's right. I just pr pronounce it like Victor Oladipo, but change one right. of the letters. Um, mm -hmm. From Oakland, and he's a guy that uh, Missouri initially had reached out to. I legitimately have a column open on TweetDeck for Daniel Oladapo, Oakland. 
there has been not one tweet mentioning him in five days. Like I have no idea who's talking to him, who he's talk, uh, who he's talking to, where he might have offers from. What I know nothing about him. Yeah, I mean that makes him the perfect fit to add to Missouri's <laughs> roster because he's probably they already committed. Always, yeah, they almost always come out of nowhere. Uh, he was one that always made some sense. You know, Mizzou's gone after a lot of guys from from the Michigan region. Cornell Man has the ties there and obviously plays that position if need. So, uh, you know, yeah, we've had our eyes on him for that reason. I don't think has it, at any point has anyone said like Mizzou is talking to this kid. Maybe they have. If they yeah, have, I forget. There was I mean, a I, tweet at some point I'm, that said Mizzou had reached out I reached think. out gotcha well yeah i mean like he, he's definitely a name to keep an eye on but like honestly don't really know how uh significant the interest is from on missouri side at this point yeah no absolutely not okay here you go uh oakland transfer daniel oladapo tells stock risers he's heard from mizzou utah new mexico tulsa murray state cal state fullerton and south carolina since entering the transfer portal that was april 8th so that's now been six days it would like, I mean, uh, and I have no idea what these kids' priorities are or anything like that, but like it would seem like if Mizzou really wanted him, that's a group that they could beat right. out. We'll see. That list, you would think. Um, yeah. All right, Aaron Johnson wants to know, does Amari Davis have the speed and strength to compete in the SEC? I mean, hey, look, we don't know, obviously, right? Yeah. But uh, Mitch, you just wrote a story on him, I know, a couple days ago. Yeah, well, I mean, so I talked to his high school coach, and every high school coach ever is very bullish on his former players. He was not going to tell me, oh, yeah, by the way, Mizzou messed up by taking this kid. He was very high on Amari Davis, which makes sense. Uh, I will say this. Amari Davis has been pretty good against high major competition so far at Green Bay. I think he's played, I want to say, seven games um, against uh, teams from the Football Power Five, the Big East, or the American. Um, and he's averaged more than his career average. I think he's averaged something like, uh, or maybe not quite. I don't. I want to say like 15 points on like 49% shooting. I don't. Know, it's in the story. You should go read the story. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. So he's done it at least you know in spurts. Obviously, it's a little different doing it every night. You know, but um, he he does bring you know the ability to a handle the ball and, and get past the defender. And that's something that Missouri you know, really likes to key its offense on, um, you know, penetration from the guards and B, I mean, he, he, even though it's a bit non-traditional, he can put the ball through the basket. I mean, he scored 17.2 points a game last season. Like that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's more than Drew Smith ever scored at Evansville. I, I'm, I've not looked it up l lately, but I think that's more than Cassius Robertson scored at Canisius. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you, you would think there's at least a reason for optimism there. Right. And there is some, I mean, hey, raising your game to the level of the competition, right? Like Drew Smith was better at Missouri than he was at Evansville. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. was a better player, you know, so uh, sometimes that happens and, uh, you know, it, I think we get a little bit consumed with how did they score the points? Well, I don't know, 17 points a game, 17 points a game, right? I mean, I yeah. don't care if it's free throws, threes, whatever. If you get 17 points, that's generally going to help your team unless it takes you 26 shots to get them. So uh, uh, the only guy that, that transferred out that I think we're really going to pay any attention to and is Xavier Pinson because Torrance Watson hasn't landed anywhere. I mean, Mark Smith at K-State, I guess we'll follow a little bit. Um Parker Brown's at Santa Clara, which good for him. But the last Santa Clara player I can name is Steve Nash, so I, I don't, I don't anticipate really following, uh, following that one that closely or it having a, a big impact. But Adam says Pinson's a great fit at LSU. I'll say this: he he fits the type of guard that I think Will Wade wants. Right? He's long, he's athletic, 
and every three games or so, he'll tell you he feels like playing some defense. I mean, that's what Will Wade looks for. First of all, I have to to reverse you here a little bit. You said you mentioned the transfers we're going to follow. You obviously just didn't include Ed Chang because it's a oh. no-brainer because you're going to have his shirt. Hundred percent. I'm getting a shirt where Ed, yeah, I want to know where he's going to be. Yeah, obviously going to be locked in on that. Um, yeah, I actually think I think LSU is is a great fit. Honestly, a great landing spot for for Xavier Pinson. I think probably you know as good or, or better than he could have hoped for when he first entered the portal. Um, you know he he's found a spot that has plenty of playing time available in the backcourt. Um, now of course they they could still obviously add more guys via the transfer portal. I know they've been linked to Adam Miller out of Illinois, um, but you know. Uh, Plenty of playing time available, a pretty free flowing up and down system lets it, you know, Will Wade has a pretty long leash for guys who, who want to shoot. Um, and, and yeah, his priority is not necessarily always defense. Um, I think that's a good spot for Pinson to go kind of, you know, put up, put up some numbers and, and show what he can do offensively. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of Ed Chang and where he ends up, um, I searched Ed Chang transfer. There hasn't been a tweet since the day he transferred basically. So uh, there's, there's no real clues on that, but then I just searched Ed Chang on Twitter and like, I would actually encourage it. Um, There's, there are some good uh, tweets. One, one Mizzou fan says, I wonder if the all-star game will be the East and West versus Ed Chang in the future. In the NBA. Um, uh, and then That's one, incredible. one of the responses was that LeBron wants nothing to do with Ed Chang and Chang wants all that smoke. So, uh, I'm here for Ed Chang NBA all-star. Uh, I want to see that. And uh, look, we're not, we're not making fun of the kid. I hope he does well and all that, but he didn't play here. Um, like legitimately didn't play one minute. It's he's kind of, he's kind of legendary at this point. Right. And it's really more so. Yeah. Just the the mystique around a player who didn't play a single second, but got a scholarship. Really incredible. Whose highlight seriously is you saw him airball a three in pregame warmups. That is all yeah. I know. About to be him. fair, I, I think I saw him make some too. I'm sure. Well, yeah, I assume he took more than one warmup three at some point. I'm assuming he did hit iron during his time in Columbia, but we do love Ed Chang. I, I mean, I would have Ed Chang on the five, seven, three report. Honestly, it would be the first time I've ever talked to him. So yeah, but, same. I, yeah. Hopefully we can make it happen. That, that'd be great. I'm sure, I'm, um, sure he, I'm sure he watches. Because the alternative, as Dalton Barker points out, is your esports report. So uh, if you have an esports minute you want to inject here in the middle of the show. I don't. Yeah. I, I that was for people who don't understand. There was a thread on our board about covering esports, and there were a few games brought up that I had never heard of and acronyms I didn't understand. And so my esports report would not be very good. Here's, I would not know what I was watching. Here's my esports report. So a couple of days ago, uh, I had some. I, I I saw a pinball truck driving around town. I was Ooh, like, yeah. I wonder what it would cost to get a pinball machine, right? Like my youngest kid's going to college next year. I've got some spare room. I'm going to have some spare time. So I started looking. I, I did find golden tea that I could buy and put in my house for $3,800. Um, wow. I honestly think it would be one of the better investments I've ever made. And I could report on how I do. And that would be my esports e- report. Yeah, I think that's solid. I think you, that'd make a good feature on the site. Do you think that? Do you think people would pay me on Twitch to play Golden Tee? Like, would people watch me play Golden Tee? 
I mean, like, I wouldn't think so, but I also, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't think a lot of the things that people do for money on the internet would, yeah, like, I mean, make money. I mean, like, I don't understand watching other people play video games either, right. so, right. you I, know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a terrible golfer, but I'm a decent golden tee golfer. I was going like, to say, that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, are you good? Like, if you're good, then, then maybe. Well, good, like. I'm happy with it, but I'm like, I'm not going to be okay. on the, I'm not 18 under or anything. Okay. Well, you need to get there. But right I think, but if you own the machine, I, I don't think matter of days. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you though. I don't, I'm good for people who do it or enjoy it, but I don't get the, the watching other people play video games phenomenon because I, you know, back when the only way you could play video games was only two people could play at a time, right? You all huddled around the Sega or the whatever it was, and there were only two controllers. So like six of you were there, but only two of you were playing. I was bored to death in all the times that I was the four guys watching. I would just leave and go get a beer. I didn't want to sit and watch them play. Yeah, I was I was just never a big video game player. Honestly, it's just never been my thing. I'm, I'm not very good at very many of them, so, you know. I'm pretty good at physics balls on my iPhone. Actually, I, I enjoy that game. So <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's incredibly um, advanced and technological. It, it, it's very difficult. Um, uh, okay, so back to non-video game questions. Brandon wants to know: Do you anticipate the transfer ph phenomenon changing your coverage of recruiting? I mean. Only in the sense that we'll be covering probably more transfers and fewer high school kids. Like the way we cover recruiting is we just wait to find out who they're recruiting. And then we talk to those kids. I mean, so right. it's not like we're going to go out and, and be like just cold calling transfers and saying, Hey, have you heard from, from Missouri? Uh, so it, it will change in that if they're recruiting 15 kids in a given year, four of them, or 10 of them might be transfers now as opposed to two of them. So we'll talk to more transfers, but it doesn't change anything about the way we go about it other than hopefully at some point in their first couple of years in college, they've improved their interviews a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The one thing I will say that, that, you know, I think there's been talk of changing and that definitely should change is I, I think at some point here soon rivals will incorporate transfers into the recruiting rankings because I mean, it's very rare to have a recruiting class that doesn't include at least one transfer. Right, like Missouri's class this year, I don't even know how you accurately rank it. Half of it right. is going to be kids who aren't even in the recruiting class, so so the rankings really don't mean it. And it's less prominent in football, but it does exist in football. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. what, Missouri's got another three of them or so coming in. Um, the other thing uh, about the, the transfer deal, I know that I saw the Big 12 today waive the intra-conference rule. The American has done that. The ACC has done that. I think the Big Ten maybe has. I'm not sure. The SEC is going to do this at some point, right? I mean, Xavier Pinson certainly hopes they do. Otherwise, he's sitting out next year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I have to think so. I mean, like, you know, it, it's just one of these things. Like, you, you're not going to be the only league to do it. And it's, you know, the public, the, the enough leagues jump on board. It's just like it's it's not worth the fight, I would say. Um, but yeah, I would assume that's coming before this next season. The other thing I wanted to actually bring up that I thought was interesting, um, on the transfer front on the stuff that was passed today and, and Conzo Martin talked about this too. He, he wanted this, um, they, they have an instituted a deadline for fall and winter sports where in, this year it's July 1st, no transfers after July 1st, uh, who can play immediately, which impacts football because, you know, you can't get partial way into fall camp and say, I'm not playing enough. I want to get out of here. Um, but normally it's going to be May 1st, 
Um, so that will definitely, you know, especially for, for football. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you, you, do, you always see some guys end up leaving during the summer. I think Missouri added Zeke Powell last year in like late July. So obviously won't be able to do that. So something to keep in mind, uh, if guys are going to play right away, they got to, got to move around by May 1st in future years, July I mean, 1st this year. Wasn't Zeke Powell the kid they got because they like kidnapped him and wouldn't let him leave his hotel room until he said he was staying? <laughs> Depends who, yeah. That's what Zeke Powell said. But then Drinkwitz was appalled when he was asked about that. I want to be clear. They did not kidnap yeah, him. I, I don't think that. There's a backstory that. there. It's uh, yeah. if you don't know it. I think Zeke Powell was a little confused. That's what yeah. it sounds like to me. So apparently, uh, Torrance Watson is headed to Elon. I missed that. Yeah, did you? I've just gathered that from the comments. Yeah, uh, I missed that as well. Can you, good for him. Good school, I think. Can you name the other Missouri basketball connection to Elon? Uh, no, no, I don't think I can. It's the alma mater of Frank Haith. Oh, there yeah. you go. I can name their 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 nickname. I think. I think I'm right on this. Uh, the Eels. I have no. no I think I'm pretty sure they're the Phoenix. Okay. Well, sure. I'm I'm gonna fact check you here. Green Bay is also the Phoenix, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I'm pretty sure. Okay, Elon College in North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's gonna take me a minute to navigate to their uh, <laughs> athletics page, but we are going to get this done eventually. Athletics. Here we go. The Elon University. It's a bird. I can tell you that. It looks a little bit like a Jayhawk. Um, I think it's a Phoenix. It's the Phoenix. You are correct about. Uh, yes. About that. So, and it, I'm, now I'm questioning myself if Frank Haith went to Elon or if he, his first job was at Elon. Uh, well, he was an assistant. Yeah. Alma mater Elon, assistant at right. Elon from 1985 to 89. So nice. Look at us both knowing our Elon facts. Yeah. Uh, they, they're, I hope nobody asked me for a second one, but, uh, well, good for, good for Torrance. Like, that's it. Hey, I, th I think that's great. He can go, I'm sure, get minutes there. Um, you know, I don't – I'm assuming they're a Division One team, but – They are. I think they're I in the – I don't think so they've ever made a maybe. tournament. I'm not sure if they've made a tournament. Um, but, yeah, I think they're maybe in the Southern Conference, uh, one of those mid-major. But they're definitely Division One, and I think it's a good school. So, yeah. Okay. Um, good to know. Elon Phoenix men's basketball – postseason let's see they made the division two regional quarterfinals in 1997 and they made the cit and lost to canisius in 2013 that is their big big year there <laughs> yes that is their postseason tournament history outside of the naia tournament actually so elon has played this is just fascinating stuff uh, i'm sure everybody's thrilled but they've played five postseason basketball games in their school history 1952 1956 and 1957 in the NAIA 2013 in the CIT and uh 1997 in the division two tournament they're 0 and 5 wow so look not at, a single postseason win that's no. tough Torrance Watson poised to deliver big things for the Phoenix yeah I want Torrance Watson to deliver the first postseason win in Elon history yeah. I mean, the bar is not even that high. I was going to say, you the, could go to the CBI. The CIT semi-quarterfinals, whatever that round would be called. Yeah. Sweet 16. Yeah. So, uh, but speaking of transfers, uh, there were a couple football ones today. Um, you know, again, like when kids transfer, 
it's I, I mean kids who are going to play a lot generally don't transfer. Um, right. Aiden Harrison, I don't believe got on the field last year. Played a little bit in 2019. He did, uh, yeah. Didn't see the field last year. Zecor Brooks, to my knowledge, did not get on the field at all in two years. Yeah, he may have at one point late in one of the blowout I mean, games. He could but... have played in that Arkansas game when ever, <laughs> when literally Barry Odom was just grabbing dudes on the sideline, going, "Hey, I'm about to be fired. You want to go play? I yeah, really that's... don't care. It's cool." <laughs> he, he might have gotten in then. May have gotten in against uh, whoever, whatever non. FBS team they played that year. Yeah. Um, maybe it was, I think it was SEMO. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's not, a, it wasn't neither, neither one's a huge surprise. Certainly not cause for alarm for me. Um, you know, just, just guys I, I think saw the writing on the wall of, of probably weren't going to play. The one common question we've seen from that is, you know, people saying, does that open up another spot? It does not. Um, you know, their, their issue, Missouri's issue is with spots is the initial counters or you can sign 25 in one year. It's not scholarships. Um, but it does for the, uh, I guess it'd be 2022 class. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that class, like as it stood was at 17 or 18. It, I mean, it's going to be much closer to 25 by the time it rolls around. Uh, Backup hunter Aaron Rodriguez, I think he transferred as well. This Um, I I do think is a reason to shut the program down. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's weird to me that literally walk-ons are tweeting there in the transfer portal. Like, I don't even think think you should have to enter the transfer portal if you're a walk-on. Like, if you want no. to leave, just leave. Just go anywhere right, you want. Exactly. Just go. Yeah. I, I think it's just a way to, to like, keep track tell of other them. coaches I want to be recruited again. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodriguez, yeah, I remember the, 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 the year after Corey Fittoni graduated, so prior to the 2020 season, mm-hmm. uh, when Tucker McCann ended up being the punter and kicker, uh, Aaron Rodriguez was brought in and, and, uh, like for one day, everyone was like, or I forget, maybe Odom said something about it. Everyone was like, oh, Rodriguez, he's going to be the new punter and like interviewed him and stuff. Very nice guy. I didn't, didn't write a word about him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly. That, certainly think that the re- that with him not sticking around, there's reason for doom and gloom for the program. Well, because that came on the heels of last week, uh, walk on defensive lineman, Keon, maybe offensive lineman, lineman. Keon Willis entering the transfer portal. Um, right. But look, guys, th- seriously, we cater to the diehards. Like, there yeah. is zero chance that anyone who does not subscribe to Power Mizzou knows who Aaron Rodriguez or Keon Willis is uh, unless they are related to them. I, again, fine kids, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, hey, this is what we do. Like, we're, we're trying to tell you we, we know more about this the team and the program than anybody. We're going to tell you about Keon Willis transferring. I, I mean, that's the extent okay. of my reporting. I know nothing else about it. I just know he did. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, but the football team actually, uh, in addition today, um, Justin Britt 2.0 has committed to Missouri. Uh, um, obviously, uh, offensive lineman Tristan Wilson from Lebanon. And, hey, when – I mean – when you've got a kid in the same program from the same high school who ends up being a second-round draft pick and an NFL All-Pro, the comparisons are fairly natural to make. Yeah, I feel almost a little bad for Tristan Wilson because, yeah, now, like, anything less than Justin Britt is a bit of a disappointment. But uh, by all accounts, I mean, like, you know, obviously – 
you know, first of all, to just even be recruited by a bunch of Division One schools when you're from a town like Lebanon, Missouri, you got to be a decent player. Um, you know, and, and his film is is impressive for sure. Um, I have no idea how legit all of his offers were. I know he had an Alabama offer. I know he had some from, you know, all over the country. Arizona State was in there. Uh, there was a bunch. Um, but, you know, a, a guy that Missouri prioritized and just continues the, the trend of them really doing well in state. I mean, I think it's seven commitments in the 2022 class and six are either from Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas, which, yeah. you know, they basically consider an extension of the state. So. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like another guy that I identified early, too. So certainly not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, a couple offensive linemen. Everybody knows they needed offensive linemen. Uh, wouldn't expect them to play, you know, when. Well, obviously not next year because they'll still be in high school. But even as a freshman, offensive lineman, mm -hmm. generally, you're you're talking about a couple years away. But um, you know, Justin Britt is is the guy that more than anybody else sticks out to me as proof of. Would you please quit getting so worked up about rec individual recruiting rankings and kids? Because I, I mean, when Justin Britt committed, I don't remember how tall he was. I'm going to assume he was six four, six five in that range. But no exaggeration. I remember he weighed 235 pounds. And, and I mean, yeah. I, I saw him in person and the kid was a wrestler. He was lean. Like you would not have guessed offensive lineman. I think he was a two-star kid and legitimately there were people on our cycle. And what the hell is Gary Pinkle doing? Like, what are we doing? Just taking these kids. Nobody's ever heard of from, from rural Missouri, two stars. We're never going to win anything recruiting this way. Yeah. Turned yeah, out. Okay. There you go. A three-year starter at left tackle, yeah. second-round draft pick, yeah, not bad. So, yeah, certainly, again, not saying that that, that Tristan Wilson is the next Justin Britt because he's going to hear that plenty, but uh, seems like a good pickup. Again, anytime you can, you know, you can get the guys that you identified early and, you know, kind of plan A guys, that's that's at least a, a good sign. No, no telling how it's going to work out, but uh, it's, it's clearly a guy the coaching staff always wanted. So speaking of uh, in-state, one-time football recruits. Adam Schlittler wants to know, Mitch, if the Broncos are going to be moving on from Drew Locke. I I have no idea. Honestly, I, I'm not good at following the NFL during the offseason or yeah. really any sport during the offseason. Like, I like the Broncos a lot. And, and I'll watch the draft for sure. But, like, I'm not someone who, who just reads a bunch of stuff about them during the offseason. Uh, it's just never been my thing. You know, I get into basketball mode. But uh, it, I, I, they're going to add a quarterback to the roster this offseason, I would guess. Whether it's trade up and draft someone, which would mean the Drew Lock era is probably over, um, or trade for, like, a veteran or bring in a guy at a lower round, which seems unlikely. That You know, they'll bring in someone to compete with Lock, but um, – I, I'm guessing he will be the the starter in week one for Denver in this yeah. this season, or at least the first half of the season will be his kind of final chance to prove himself. I just I can't see Denver going, hey, we got to get a quarterback in the first round this year. That that would be yeah. unless because you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, right. Jacksonville's right. taking him, and you're so, not getting Zach Wilson. The Jets are taking him, and I'm not sure, like. Zach Wilson to me isn't a sure enough thing that I go, I'm going to mortgage my next two or three drafts to replace a kid I drafted three years ago. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, that's kind of my thing is, you know, uh, yeah, that there's definitely a chance that Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones could, could be a really good quarterback for a long time in the NFL. But is it worth, you know, 
I mean, certainly I don't think it's worth trading up. If you've got to trade up to get like Trey Lance or whatever, and you've got to give up, you know, your second, you know, your second round pick this year and someone else, or maybe a future first round pick, I don't think that's worth it. But also even just using your top 10 pick on a quarterback. I mean, I just think, you know, it's, they're so unpredictable at that point. I don't think it's worth it, especially because like the Broncos do have some pieces and now they're going to have people, you know, you would hope healthy. I mean, they, they had a lot of injuries last season. They, they shouldn't be too far away. So you're, you know, I, I would be okay with them giving Locke another chance with a, with a full supporting cast and see what he can do. And then, you know, if it doesn't work, I'm all for pulling the plug halfway through next season, tanking and getting a top three yeah. pick and using a, get, getting a quarterback fan. Well, I didn't even realize the NFL draft was like next weekend. I, I didn't yeah, realize it was that close. But mm-hmm. it, it, from the perspective of someone who is maybe not particularly a Broncos fan and a team <laughs> who drafts 31st in this year's draft, like I've seen mock drafts with six quarterbacks in the top 10. Please, God, yes. I want every team in front of Kansas City to take a quarterback. Just – Every team take a quarterback, like the first 29 teams pick quarterbacks, leave the left tackles and the receivers and the defensive ends at at number 31, and I'll be happy with that. Like, I I know you got to have the quarterback, but you've also got to have some sense of, okay, if our guy's there, if we think this guy can be great, we're going to take him. But Mm -hmm. we're not taking Mac Jones number three overall just because he plays quarterback. You're right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So. Yeah. yeah, but that would be great for yeah. If if third uh, first thirty picks are all uh, all uh, quarterbacks, the Chiefs they'll get a good I, player. I wonder who the thirtieth quarterback drafted in the NFL draft would be. I have, I have like no there clue. Can't Maybe be thir- there's no way there's thirty quarterbacks drafted in seven rounds, right? I uh, no, I no no chance. No, there's right. like I think there's like fifteen. I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I don't know. Maybe James Franklin, retired James Franklin, is the 30th quarterback selected in the uh, first round of the NFL draft. Um, uh, Aaron Johnson's asking about Tyler Macon and does he look like he has the edges back up? So the the answer to the first question is there is no update on Tyler Macon. I mean, spring football ended, what, March 25th, I think? So it's been, you know, three weeks. And the truth is, I, I mean, other than, hey, this kid's transferring or something. Like, we're not really following it. The kids are working out. They're not practicing, but they're working out. They're training, all that. They're away from us. We're away from them. I mean, if we hear some things that happen, obviously we'll pass them on. But the point is, there's not much happening. Um, But does he look like he has the edges of the backup? I would say definitively not. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty clearly working as the number three guy during the spring, which is no surprise. He literally just arrived on campus, I mean, in in January. So, um, you know, could he work his way up to that spot? It's possible, but it it did not seem like that was the case in the spring, which is not should not be cause for concern. Yeah, um, you know, I I mean, yeah, he hadn't played football for a year and a half or hadn't played a game for a year and a half. And if he is not the backup this year, that is not. That does not mean he can't be good. Also, maybe it means Brady Cook is better than people think. Like, we've been saying for a while, Brady Cook is just this guy who Missouri fans have kind of been like, oh, yeah, he's on the team. But, like, no, you know, it's it's uh, it's Basilac to, to make into Horn. Um, and I'm not so sure that's true. Um, but I do think, like, we're talking about the transfer portal. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, if Sam Horn is what Missouri coaches seem to think he is, at least one of Brady Cook or Tyler Macon is never going to start a game here. Yeah, for maybe sure. Both I mean, of it's, 
Yeah, it's something we've talked about, I know, in past episodes. But yeah, it's it's just kind of the nature of the position. You you bring in as much talent as you can, you let her let them fight it out, and that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why um we've been in favor of a, a one time transfer waiver because it's not every time just kids going, Oh, you know, the grass is greener or whatever, like, oh, I, I know I could I could, you know, I'm not happy with that coach or what like a lot of times you you'd say you're not getting the chance to play here. You might as well look elsewhere. And that's happens every year at the quarterback position more than any other. And uh, it's it's not necessarily a bad problem to have. All right. So we've covered football, we've covered basketball. Um I don't know. Missouri baseball lost last night. Uh, I don't know. Missouri softball played. I frankly, honestly don't know if they won or lost last night, to be honest. I think with they you. lost. Okay. They, they lost, lost last as night. Well. So we've covered that. So um, we've got a few minutes left here. Is this like the slowest? So we're post masters now. Is this the slowest mm-hmm. week of the year in sports? Oh man! Because like I just can't—I um, I can't get into regular season baseball, especially because Major League Baseball is stupid and doesn't allow me to watch the games this year. <laughs> but right, yeah. I mean, I also can't get into regular season baseball. This is up there. I mean, I feel like there's got to be a week in like July that's slower. I don't know. I—I I could be wrong. Because yeah. I mean, media days is in there in July. Yeah, and, but that's you know the British Open is in there at some point in July, but that's about it. I, I mean, I like the Major League All Star Game is there, but you know that that's one game in four days. July's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this is definitely yeah nationally. This is a this is there's not a ton going on right now for sure. Um, yeah, regular season baseball is about it. I mean, and transfer portal season. And it's, transfer it's portal season and mock drafts. Right. I I have some friends, but it's not games. I have some friends that will get on. I think it's on PFF. I'm not sure. I know there's a site where you can do your own mock drafts and like you can do unlimited ones. And I have friends text me like, Hey, what do you think about this guy? I'm like, well, I don't know. I never heard of him. And he's like, cool. I just picked him 31st for the chiefs. You know? So uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to waste time out there. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, appreciate uh, you guys that are that are here with us uh, during. Again, like it's a slow time. I mean, hey, there, some stuff happened today. Conzo uh, talk. There's video of that on the site. Mitch is gonna have a story in the morning. Um, uh, football commitment. We've got a story on that. Uh, you know, so we will be following recruiting, and there is stuff going on. Uh, but appreciate you guys hanging out and, and making this. Uh, or some time um, in the slow period. Want to make sure you go to 573tees.com and acknowledge their support and uh, them sticking with us all year long. So go check out all of their wonderful stuff, 573tees.com. Um, it's about to get uh, warmer, I believe, even though not super warm today uh, on the golf course, I can report. Um but uh, it's about to get nicer. You should wear some T-shirts probably. So go check out their stuff. And despite the name, they actually have stuff besides T-shirts. So uh, you can you can go get that as well. So check them out. Um, thanks for hanging out. I don't know, Mitch, do we have anything else, man? Like I, I feel like we've stretched a pretty good amount of time, but I I don't know anything more about Elon basketball. Right. I was going to say, unless you all want to learn more about Elon, uh, that hopefully you learned something tonight. Uh, no, other than that, I got nothing. I've exhausted my knowledge of Elon and Santa Clara basketball on this uh, podcast. Although Santa Clara, I do know, has an NCAA tournament win. So, Yeah. Next week, we'll just pick two more random mid-majors and just figure out put our brains together and think of all the random things we can think of about their programs. Yeah, next week, we'll talk about where Ed Chang and 
I don't know. Will that take care of the transfers? Is he the only transfer that doesn't have a, a new place now? Um, uh, running through it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Bugs. Oh, no, Drew Bugs. Drew Ed Bugs. Chang. Okay, so next week, if Ed Chang and Drew, this is the lead of the show next week. If Ed Chang and Drew Bugs have not landed somewhere, we're going to break down the best places for Ed Chang and Drew Bugs to transfer <laughs> on the five seven three report next week. If that doesn't get you to watch, I, then frankly, I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's yeah, what I got. Electric. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. Uh, Mitch, have a good one. Um, thanks for covering today. And uh, and I don't know. I guess we'll do this again next week. <laughs>